You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. today's message. Um, It is on forgiveness, and our theme is creating space for forgiveness. I find it necessary today to provide a trigger warning because the very word and the very term forgiveness can be triggering to individuals. I don't know what people have gone through. I don't know what people have experienced. So this may be hard for some. And within the sermon, there is some sensitive material. So I'm encouraging everyone to take care of themselves in the best way that they can. Just know that you are in a place of love, you are in a safe space, and you are in a place of healing today. Amen? Amen. So to be quite honest, and we're keeping it real, I wish that I could just stand here and say, listen, Jesus has forgiven you of your sins. You need to forgive other people. And then I can just drop the mic and go home. (laughs) The reality is creating space for forgiveness is easier said than done. Amen? We've heard it said, just forgive and forget. Can we really? Do we really? We've prayed Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. These are the words of the disciples' prayer or the Lord's prayer, which many of us from various faith traditions have recited through the years. But it's not always that easy. Maybe you, like me, have had many disturbing experiences where forgiveness was a real challenge. Sometimes the offense, the disrespect, the harm, the trauma can be so great and so deep that it's hard to release and bounce back from the pain. We're keeping it real today. I've wrestled with questions and struggled with frustration over why certain events and certain interactions occur as they do. Why a harmonious relationship with a friend or a family member one day can cause bitterness and a hardened heart the next day. Why a strong connection one day can lead to brokenness the next. Why systems of oppression amid our organizing and our protesting and our actions continue to marginalize folks and strip people of their identity? Why why trials like the Rittenhouse trial 
and other trials dealing with racial inequities turn out as they do. Why? During times like these, it's easy to have a hard heart. It's easy to disconnect from people and whoever and whatever is causing the discomfort. These are the holiday times and many people are gathering with families and friends and let's be honest, we're gonna be sharing spaces and sharing meals with people who have deeply harmed us. Difficult times. I hope that today's message will provide a space for us to sit with our emotions and our feelings and to know that we can be healed and ultimately we can create space for forgiveness. Let's pray. Dear God, we praise you for this time. We ask that you would continue to open up our hearts and minds and spirits to receive all that you have for us today. Amen. So our text comes from Romans 12, verses 17 to 21. And in the message it reads, Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if they're thirsty, get them a drink. Your generosity will surprise them with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. In Paul's letter to the Christian church at Rome, he addresses the tension within the early church between those Christians who wanted to continue to live by the letter of the law as it related to the law of Moses and then those who embraced freedom in Christ related to their belief systems and their practices. He encouraged them, no matter how their belief system was, to respect each other. He wanted them, as difficult as it was, to see the beauty in everyone, even their enemies. And then he tells them to go a step further. Hey, listen, if they're hungry, bring them lunch. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Serve them. Show love. Do not let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. What does this mean for us today, given that there is so much strife in the world, in our society, in our communities, and in our faith-based spaces? Our not-so-pleasant encounters 
make it hard at times to extend mercy and grace when we've been wronged. Sometimes we've become the problem. Sometimes we're actually the offender. And then when it has been brought to our attention, sometimes it's hard for us to even forgive ourselves. Adele, singer and songwriter, just came out with her album, 30. And Oprah interviewed Adele, and she talked quite a bit about her recent divorce. And during the interview, Adele said that sometimes, given all that she's been through, she finds it hard to even forgive herself. I've been there. Forgiveness is and is so important for us to remember, is actually one of the tenets of our Christian faith. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Peter comes up to the Lord Jesus Christ and asks the question, Jesus, he says, how many times should I forgive someone who does something wrong to me? Is seven times enough? And Jesus answered, not just seven times, but 77 times, or some interpretation, seven times 70. We are not to be limited in our forgiveness. We are to be generous in our forgiveness. Our forgiveness, and it's not so much the number that matters here, but that it's ongoing. Even when certain things come up for you, that you thought you forgiven and addressed, it's important to release that forgiveness and be open for forgiveness. And sometimes it's hard because we hold on to pride. Sometimes we don't want to let it go. And it's critical that we lean into humility during these times. It seems like forgiveness is different for different people at different levels of equity. It seems that some are meant to forgive and others are meant to be forgiven. When I was preparing this sermon, I was trying to figure out how do we actually create spaces for forgiving whole systems? I mean, like systems of ableism and heterosexism, that's tough. How do we create spaces to forgive structural racism when we know that structural racism contributes to hypertension and other heart diseases in African Americans and other folks? Like, how do we do that? Is it even possible? It's so hard, and sometimes we feel angry and rage and helpless and frustrated. During the summer of 2020, during the Black Lives Matter protests, so many people, not just in the city, not just in this nation, but around the world, were protesting and bringing attention to racial inequities. And during that time, Many of you, I'm sure, remember, because many of your companies and organizations probably participated as well in these letters of apology. 
asking for forgiveness. Many companies and organizations said, hey, we got it wrong as it relates to recruiting, retention, as it relates to promoting people of color. We got it wrong. And then there were letters of solidarity. And there were a lot of letters. And then as a result, many people changed their practices. Many became progressive, and that's a good thing. And then for some, and I know a few, some of them just sort of kind of wrote mere words and there was really nothing behind it and there was no follow through. And certainly there continues to uh, need to be work done in these areas and accountability, right? And this was a very, very, and continues to be a very critical time for us to be able to lean in to these types of things. On June 17th, in 2015, white supremacist Dylan Roof walked into Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church to what some believed was to participate in Bible study. He wasn't actually there for that. What he did was he wound up killing nine African-American parishioners in Charleston, South Carolina. Felicia Sanders lo lost both her son and her aunt, Susie Jackson, in the attack. But she herself survived. She goes on to say, I cannot shut my eyes even to pray. She said, even when I try, I cannot. I have to keep my eye on everyone that is around me. Sanders continued, and she said to Dylan Roof, yes, I forgive you. That was the easiest thing I had to do, but you can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. May God have mercy on your soul. One year later, on June 12, 2016, Omar Mateen killed 49 people and wounded 59 at Pulse which was a gay nightclub in Orlando, Florida during Latin night. Daniel Javier lost his daughter, Amanda, and he forgave the gunman who murdered his daughter. He said, they talk about love, hate, this and that, but the bottom line is, you gotta learn how to forgive. We fight, and then we love each other. We gotta learn how to forgive, Alvier said. The truth is, when it comes to forgiveness, we have to go deep or we have to go home. The task is challenging and we cannot do it in and of ourselves. However, it is the spirit of God that continues to give us strength when we are called to forgive. How can we create spaces of forgiveness during instances like this or like the ones that we experience in our own individual lives? While I certainly have not experienced anything like Felicia Sanders or Daniel Avier, there are times as difficult as it is when I must realize that I have to be generous with my goodness and I have to be generous with my forgiveness at all costs. 
During times like these, I find myself honoring my emotions, being okay with the sadness and the rage that I might be experiencing and keeping everything real with God through prayer. Because doing that, it helps me release the burden of unforgiveness and live with peace and freedom and radical love. When I center myself and reflect upon the great love that Jesus exhibited on the cross that we sang about this morning, I am reminded that my trespasses have been forgiven and there is mercy and grace for me at the cross so I can forgive others who trespass against me. I have been saved by grace. We have been saved by grace which is a gift. And even during those times when my forgiveness is neither wanted nor accepted, I can actually release the heaviness and create space for forgiveness. And I can love with a fierce love. I was listening to WNYC, my favorite public radio station. I was listening to Brian Lair, my favorite host, and Reverend Jackie Lewis, public theologian, minister, author, was his special guest, and certainly senior, uh, senior minister of Middle Church uh, was Brian's guest um, one day a couple of weeks ago, and he spoke to her about her new book, Fierce Love, and it's entitled Fierce Love, a bold path to ferocious courage and rule-breaking kindness that can heal the world. And in this book, Reverend Jackie says that fierce love is rule-breaking kindness, ferocious courage. She said it's the kind of love that is powerful and persistent and determined and she goes on to say, and I think it's exactly what we need in these hot mess times. <laughs> and we are living in some hot mess times. <sighs> I've been able to experience forgiveness in my family. My parents have an incredible love story. And their love story was actually featured on Fox Television's Good Day New York. And not only was it featured by my friend who used to be a segment producer, Reverend Maliki Williams, but it was actually nominated for a New York Emmy Award. And when it aired, we had the opportunity as a family to attend the New York Emmys. And while we didn't win, it was such an honor to have been nominated. Their story goes a little like this. My parents got married, things weren't working out, and they actually got divorced. And 25 years later, they actually remarried <laughs> to each other. <laughs> and it was incredible. And during this particular segment, during the clip, when my mother was being interviewed, she talked about all of the ways and all of the times that she preached about forgiveness, when she preached about letting things go. And she realized that even though she was sharing the message and teaching and preaching, she herself was holding on to some things from their marriage. And she was able to release it. And as it so happened, my father at one point 
started attending the family church in Harlem. And he attended the church, and he wound up giving his life to the Lord, and he started to pursue my mom. And my mom was like, no, thank you. And sure enough, they got to the point, and she got to the point where having uh, released all that she was carrying and all of her burdens and forgiving, she wound up remarrying my father in a beautiful ceremony. And if you put their, like, two sort of marriages together, and if you sort of kind of count the first time they were married, they've actually been married for 61 years. Yeah, so um, their story, their love story, was such a great inspiration to me and my family and my friends, and it was so very, very powerful. And thinking about all of these different experiences and some of the things that I experienced in my life, I realized that it is life-giving when we can believe everything that we sing about, everything that we preach about, everything that we talk about, everything that we pray about. There is life when we can believe. We're not doing this all for naught. We are moving forward in our lives, in our Christianity, in our faith with a purpose. Forgiveness is a real thing, and God can help us to exercise and create spaces for forgiveness. Unforgiveness disconnects us. Forgiveness connects us. Unforgiveness carries a heavy burden. Forgiveness lightens our load. Unforgiveness restricts us. Forgiveness frees us. Unforgiveness causes dis-ease in our mind, in our bodies, and in our spirits. Forgiveness can be considered a form of self-care. I encourage us today to lean into forgiveness, knowing that God is right there with us, to help us and to strengthen us and to allow us to have the same type of grace and mercy that Jesus had for us. Ephesians tells us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And the people of God said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.